Hello and welcome to the Watson's Daily Podcast. I'm Jacob and here with me is Peter Watson. Good morning, Peter. Hi there. So, uh, Peter, let me start by bringing in the latest news about Walmart because okay. I think that's quite an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you, as you know, Walmart reported its um, latest financial results which mm-hmm. uh, aren't that bad, I would say. They're better than expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that uh, Walmart has been probably one of the biggest winners of the pandemic. Walmart mm-hmm. has experienced a big change in its business model. Um, you know, consumers are now avoiding physical stores and everything has gone online. And mm-hmm. you're seeing this in the Walmart example. So the company's e-commerce sales grew by 79% compared mm-hmm. to the same quarter from last year. Uh, we also have the newest Walmart Plus, which is similar to Amazon Prime, um, where you can purchase all the products online. Um, so um, one could ask your famous question, Peter, so what? Um, And I think that um, although the the data from Walmart is better than expected, I would say it's not so shiny after all because the retail sales aren't actually growing that much. As you know, um, it's only by 0.3% in October. This is the latest data from the US. Um, So I think that even though the pandemic has meant increased sales at Walmart, mm-hmm. I think there's still a risk that, you know, because of the rising unemployment and just general financial pressure on consumers who seem to be wanting to save, to save every dollar, mm-hmm. um, Walmart might have to come with a better business plan, business solution. And so what I mean by this is, you know, with so many consumers now used to, shopping online, which I think will become a more popular trend within the next few years, um, I believe. I think that Walmart should perhaps think about closing more of its physical stores and Mm -hmm. use the saved money, which would have otherwise been used for physical stores, into developing its online presence. Um, You know, it's it's, um, actually quite interesting because um, Walmart has um, almost... 5,000 stores in the U.S. alone. And that's a lot, considering considering the fact that um, it's almost 50% of all the stores it has around the world. Um, and now I'm not saying, you know, they should close all the stores. I'm just saying that sh- they should take advantage of the situation and perhaps reduce the numbers. Because what I'm seeing is that all businesses are trying to basically cut costs. We, we we spoke about it yesterday, how Airbnb had to do so, which allowed it to generate a profit in the third quarter. Um, so um, I would say my conclusion is that um, Walmart is doing just fine domestically, but I suppose we would have to, as you said earlier, um, when we discussed it before the podcast, I think we'd have to wait and assess this situation under normal circumstances. So probably in two to three years when, when the pandemic is over and this whole situation goes away. Um, what do you think, Peter? Do you think Walmart is doing enough both domestically and internationally? Is it doing better in, in any other region? Um, well, I would say that, um, I mean, I think, you know, that's very interesting what you said. Um, and I think that with regards to um, 
let's split it up into you know domestic and international, right? So, yeah. <coughs> sorry. Um, I think that domestically, um, obviously America is a highly competitive market. You know, loads, very mature market, got loads of um, loads of competitions, both um, physical uh, from physical stores and online. Um, and I think that it's a very difficult market to to really do particularly well in. Um, and so, you know, I think they 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 acknowledge they acknowledge this, and they're trying to you know do things things about it. But I think for the mo- for the moment, um, I think that any kinds of cracks in what they're doing are going to be um, papered over somewhat by by the um, the volume of sales that they will probably do because um you, you know i mean uh, you know one of the things that um people are spending on at the moment is groceries you know um stuff that is really basic for for living um so they should be doing quite well i would have thought from that um on the other hand i would say that they seem to be doing quite a lot in terms of um, a disposal of of poorly performing international business. So, for instance, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before that they they um, sold down their majority stake in Seiyu in Japan, um, and uh, so that went to Rakuten and KKR. Rakuten is basically Japan's Amazon. Um, and that that went to them, and then the other. Um, the other the other thing that they did recently, which is, I don't know, a month or two ago now, is um, selling their UK business, Asda, um, to, oh, I, think, I keep forgetting the names now, but the EG group, you know, this group that, uh, so um, the uh, brothers who own all the forecourts and, and things like that in the UK, and not all the forecourts, obviously, but, you know, a lot of them, and, um, and, and, um, and uh, TDR Capital think it was so so you know they've offloaded so walmart has offloaded pretty much um asda and Seiyu, which is i think is a really good thing because they're trying to fight in markets which are very very tight and very difficult uh i would say japan is notoriously difficult um for uh for uh, retail non-japanese retailers to do well in uh it's been the graveyard of of many um, Western um, retailers, but anyway, um, they've also uh, Walmart have also um, uh, invested heavily in India as well, which it sees as it, a new, you know, really uh, a market with that has growth uh, potential. So I think that it seems to me they they're acknowledging the fact that that domestically it's it's always going to be tight, but they are making real moves. On their on the international front, so hopefully, as long as they can keep things ticking along nicely in America, um, the growth is actually going to come. The real growth is actually going to come from their in- increased interest in um, overseas operations, but op- uh, but operations that have potential, you know, have, that have growth potential, rather and getting rid of place um, of interests in places where they pretty much don't stand a chance. Absolutely. So, uh, do you think? Walmart has better chances of expanding internationally than um I would say so I would say so I mean that's where the I reckon that's where the growth is for the company um 
as I say, you know, they're operating themselves uh, in the market on, you know, their, their, their own market, which is extremely competitive. You know, yeah. it is a mature market. So, um, you know, as long as they keep that ticking over, it should be fine. I think, you know, concentrate on the growth outside. It's a lot easier potential or in theory um it's easier to generate more growth in those markets i think whereas um you know in america you're always you're always going to be up against the you know amazon and kroger and target and you know all, all the rest of them i mean it's it's it is going to be very difficult i mean as as it is over here you know the supermarket uh supermarkets over here it is very difficult to to make money in a very tight market I'm actually wondering why do you think it is because you used to live in Japan. Yeah. Why do you think it is that it's so hard for for uh, businesses to break into the Japanese industry, uh, for example, for Walmart um, or, or other retailers? Well, it's it's funny because I, I reckon if you asked a Japanese person, they would probably say something along the lines of. Oh, it's cultural differences. You know, they don't understand the picky Japanese customer. And, you know, they'll probably say stuff like that. Um, but I think there is, although there is an element of that, um, I would suggest that um, in Japan, distri distribution is really key. And the thing is, it's it's been quite hard for these companies um, like Walmart um, to be able to use their market size and power to um, <clears throat> to um, really, you know, grab distribution by the throat um, and, um, you know, and, and, and do a good job of it. Um, the locals have always had the upper hand in that. And that has been a major downfall. Plus the fact, of course, I mean, there's, you know there there are so you know there are generally um good lo local operators as well um so yeah i mean i think there's i think that there are some cultural differences but i think the main one is the fact that they never seem to be able to get their um supply and distribution um right and that is always a problem because i i think actually other uh businesses like i think the the food chain um like let's say mcdonald's I think mm. it's it's doing quite well uh, in mm. Japan. So uh, I think it it also depends on on the kind of business we're talking about. But uh, yeah, I would say it's it's very interesting the the case in Japan. Mm. I mean, it was funny. I mean, this is God. I'm going to sound like a real old man now. But I mean, I remember um, I I was actually working in Japan um, when they tried to um, launch Boots over there um you know uh you know the boots yeah, the high yeah. street so was, yeah and actually i worked with boots as well um on on the law on launch um so i was getting um investors and stuff uh, so all these in big japanese institutional investors um you know along for all the various events and things to try to to encourage interest and i, I remember you know at the time they put a hell of a lot of work into it you know it's not like they just went in blind you know they went in i think that they um uh they went in and had some sort of joint venture with a local trading company was it Mitsush mitsubishi oh, i've forgotten who it was now but but anyway you know they went in they you you know local knowledge they took their time and they just 
didn't last, you know, because there's um, there's a very famous and massive um, chain in, in Japan called Matsumoto Kiyoshi, which is quite a bit, I suppose, a bit of a mouthful for most people. But, you know, Matsumoto Kiyoshi is a re- it's like everywhere. It's pile it high, sell it cheap and people just go there. And it was like it was funny because I remember um, the place I was, we what they did is they tried to repurpose boots as a bit of a. I know this is hard to think of, but a bit of a luxury brand. Wow. <laughs> it was sort of, yeah, yeah, I know you think really, but, but no, they did. They were like, they made it and they like, they, they put it in all the cool magazines and stuff. And they, they had a, they had a couple of places that were in very cool, um, you know, locations. One of them in Ginza. And I remember going to the one in Ginza, there was one, which is like, I suppose, I suppose it's like the Bond Street of of uh, of Tokyo, I guess. Um, and I remember there was there was this boots, and it looked lovely and shiny and new. And next door to it was this um, was this Matsumoto Kiyoshi, and we were standing outside just watching what where the customers <laughs> went, and they all went into Matsumoto Kiyoshi, <laughs> not into boots. So it's like I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, you have to do things in the right way in japan and and um yeah i remember like seeing with my own eyes um the whole thing like falling apart uh so so it was a good interesting time so uh even um, even though boots was trying to differentiate its uh, its business strategy uh make make itself different uh than you know as compared to 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 what we uh, to to how boots looks like in in the uk yeah. this still didn't yeah. help them to break into the Japanese market. How how interesting is that? What, uh, what, what do you mean? The, the, the fact that they, 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 you know, they were trying to add something, something like the, the luxury, yeah. the luxury yeah. uh, aspect yeah. to it. it. This still didn't yeah. work. No, I know. Mind you, it does work in some markets. So the other way around, I've always thought it's very interesting. So do you know um, Muji? Do you know the yes. shop Muji? Yeah. Right. So over here, it's seen as I guess the image of Muji over here is quite cool, you know, quite a cool place. Um, uh, And it's got, you know, the the whole kind of uh, minimalist sort of tones and things in there. But in Japan, it's like it's like a basics place. Like you think, oh, I need a notepad. I'll go in there. You know, it's a real it's a real difference. So Muji, which is over there, is called Mujirushi. All right. So it's so Mujirushi is very. um, Yeah, it's very ordinary over in Japan, whereas over here, I think that there's and maybe elsewhere, I would argue, although I don't know for sure, is very seen as kind of a well luxury stroke, not luxury, but quite a cool thing to go to go to. Um, but yeah, so it can work. So I'm just saying that's an example of the other way around. We've got a Japanese brand, which is pretty ordinary in Japan, but actually outside Japan, it's quite, it seems to be quite, you know, yeah. quite cool. Yeah. So uh, what would you say the, the, the next story is of the day? Well, well, I've got to talk about, I mean, I, I, as some people may know that I am not a fan of Bitcoin, right? I, the reason why, so we're going to talk about Bitcoin. I'll say just before, the reason why I'm not a fan of Bitcoin is because I just have never seen a really good explanation of why all of this is happening. Bitcoin has moved. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? So I just like, oh my God, um, it's moved. It's, you know, I just, I've never seen. So when, you know, again, when I was a broker, um, 
and I used to let's say I used to see big price movement um, on you know let's say something gone up five five percent in a, in in five minutes. I would go over to the 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 dealers on the dealing floor and say, hey. Um, by the way, the dealers in stocks, right? Not, not, not <laughs> um, so, I don't know where they were, but anyway, so when it went to the dealers, I go, Hey guys, you know, wh- why, why is it gone up to 5% in five minutes? Now, most of the time they would give you quite a good explanation. They'd say, well, there's this trade or that trade, or, you know, they'd be very specific. Um, but there were times, especially when I was less experienced, where I could go over to them and they, they, you could tell basically they want to palm you off and, and tell you to go away uh, without telling you to go away. And they'd say things like, oh, yeah, mate, uh, more buyers than sellers. Or, yeah, there was this big buyer in Hong Kong or something like that. And you'd walk, you'd come away thinking, hold on, that's not really a, a very good explanation. Uh, and I always get that feeling whenever I see something about Bitcoin in terms of, um, you know, it was up 10 percent or 20 percent, whatever it just never there never seems to me to be a satisfying reason and that's why i'm i don't like it i think that the i think that the technology behind it blockchain is actually very good and i do think that you could use blockchain in other instances which which is great um but with bitcoin um yeah anyway so it's it's rising and we don't know why (laughs) yeah so it's um so it you know now it's uh, $17,000 um so it has gone up i mean this is this has gone up 70% since september and we are now i mean i really am having deja vu here because it does feel like um you know it when it when it went up to uh, uh you know 20,000 in december 2017 so i remember at the time every day it felt like it was reaching a new high every day people were going oh is it too high is it too high is it too high um and then what this and this is often a sign by the way of of uh, overheated market is when you start getting um uh, uh people like on facebook or emails and stuff saying uh, i'm a plumber and i put one thousand dollars into um you know into bitcoin and now i'm a millionaire or so. you, do you know yes. what i mean you get all those kinds of things when you've got random people starting to come along with that that's when you know that things are too just getting too ridiculous um but you know having said that the main difference between then and now is that I really think that it really is edging towards um, uh, uh, the mainstream. That thing that happened um, a few weeks ago where PayPal said that they were going to start accepting Bitcoin payments, that, to me, was a major movement towards the mainstream. Now, the thing is, I would argue that as a result of something like that, I wonder whether governments and central banks are suddenly going to take it more seriously um, and and see it as an actual threat. Whereas before, I would argue a few years ago, they might have seen Bitcoin as still as a bit of an outlier. And, you know, they'll yeah, it's just noise. It will calm down, you know, whatever. But I think this time round, you know, you've got more institutions willing to um, to take it. And I do think that. um there is a danger there is a danger here that um that every you know there could be a really lots of excitement could continue but then what was really going to burst that bubble is if governments and um 
and central bankers start to really put the boot in. Because obviously we saw what happened when Facebook tried to launch Libra, its own um, cryptocurrency. Everyone in the world all got together and they all said, we think this is a terrible idea. We don't want this. It's absolutely terrible. Not going ahead. And And so Libra does exist, but in a much watered down version. Now, it's probably it was probably easier for them to come down on um, Facebook's Libra because um, Facebook is is just a company and they can do that. Whereas the problem with Bitcoin, for, in a way, is the fact that no one there's no organisation you can go to or anything to to stop it. So um, it will be it, if they do anything, it might be in terms of you know, maybe that they will say you are only allowed to use Bitcoin in certain circumstances or industries or something. And if that happens, um, I think that that's going to really um, clip the wings of um, of Bitcoin. Might not happen, might not happen. But I'm just saying that um, because, um, uh, you know, because it does really seem to be moving more towards the mainstream, um, I do think that uh, that the government it w- is going to appear much more prominently on the radars of um, of governments and central banks. Yes, um, I was actually going to ask you: uh, Do you think Bitcoin will rise more now? But what's crazy about it, from from what you just said, is that nobody really knows. Uh, nobody can provide a logical reason uh, or explanation mm. uh, as to mm. you know whether it will rise or not. Um, so, um, mm. yes, I, th- I think um, we, we are experiencing very interesting uh, movements with Bitcoin right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. you know, nobody knows. So I, 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 it's really hard for me to, 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 to comment on that because, uh, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's a difficult topic. Um, I think that's it for today, I would say. Yeah, so... Um... No, it certainly is a difficult topic. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we need it, it's something that needs to be uh, just a minute, so, um, Yeah, it's it's something that will continue to be, uh, <laughs> you know, talked about, certainly going into the end of the year. Um, and, you know, whether it can beat that twenty twenty thousand dollar mark. I mean, you know, there's a chance that the, in these sorts of things, right, this is when traders and stuff start to talk about psychological highs and, you know, this kind of psychological barriers. And, you know, maybe if it does reach 20, does that mean suddenly it's going to jump even more? Um, what it might Just do, imagine it, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it might, it might hit 20 and then there's a big sell-off because people take, um, take profits and then, then it goes again. You know, and then people go. Actually, it might go through twenty. Oh, it is go. It is getting adopted more widely. All that sort of thing. And and, and after that, when when does it even stop? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we don't know. So that's, we don't that's, know. That's the danger, or the danger, or the excitement, depending on your your uh, appetite for risk. Um, exactly. But there we go. Um, that was a that was a very exciting um, conversation today, and I mean I can't believe because actually when we talked before, I said oh, I don't want to talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin. <laughs> but the thing is, I suppose we talked. You know, it is such a big thing, and it has been such a big movement. So we, I thought, well, we got to do it. Really, it's we just it's it. just worth discussing. It is. It is yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, look. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time. I think we'll we'll close it there. Um, yes. But um, you know, looking forward to. Sp- speaking tomorrow.
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Peter. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.